Welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have actor Barlow Jacobs. Barlow can currently be seen in the new Robert Redford film, The Old Man and the Gun, and we absolutely loved this film. Austin and I went over to Fox a couple weeks ago uh, to screen the film, and we didn't know what to expect going in. We hadn't really seen any trailers for it, but we're both fans, of course, of Robert Redford, David Lowry, and we were really excited to be able to see what was going to become of this film, and we just loved it. So Barlow plays one of the detectives that kind of razzes Casey Affleck's character uh, throughout the film. Uh, but yeah, again, it was just a fantastic film that we really loved. Get out and see it. It is currently in theaters, and it's one that you're not going to want to miss. Allegedly, it is Robert Redford's final film, so we don't know for sure if that's going to be the case. Redford kind of came out about a week ago and said he may have spoken a little hastily, uh, saying this would be his final film. Uh, but, you know, if it is, you're going to want to be able to get out and see it. Also co-starring Sissy Spacek, Tom Waits, Danny Glover. Just such an incredible, incredible cast. And, yeah, you're going to want to get out and see that. The Old Man and the Gun in theaters now. Go see it. Uh, if you aren't following us on social media, at On The Mic Podcast, you're missing out on our 31 Days of Horror that are going on right now. So far, we have six videos up. Uh, so many incredible, incredible sites all around Los Angeles that have either, you know, a haunted past ghosts that are currently haunting them or just something creepy so it's our fun thing that we're doing for halloween with this entire month every single day a new video leading up to halloween uh, austin and i just got back we've been filming for the last six hours so it has just been a long strenuous day uh, but we got a lot of great great content done today and i think you guys are going to be really excited with some of these stories uh coming coming from some of these awesome sites that we stopped at so i feel really excited about this i just realized i've used so many words like awesome and incredible so many times in a row there so you can tell my, my excitement for for this little project that we've been doing so make sure you're following us on all the social media sites at on the mic podcast and of course our personal pages at tim drake on twitter at i'm austin grant on twitter um, as well as on instagram and on instagram i'm at tim drake 42 um, where you can see all of those videos as well uh, again thank you to barlow jacobs it was great talking to him and learning a lot about his career so finding about how he got started finding out his experiences working with so many incredible actors he's of course also been in the master as well as a ghost story and worked just with so many great actors so it was fun to kind of hear his experiences with them and kind of the things that he's taken away from his time on set with all of them Again, make sure to get out and go see The Old Man and the Gun in theaters now. You will not regret it. It is such a great film. Hope you guys enjoy this episode with Barlow Jacobs. Stay tuned for, again, two episodes next week, a Halloween episode, and then we also have Moses Storm uh, that you've seen on Conan, Arrested Development, and so many other incredible shows. You're not going to want to miss that episode. Enjoy this episode with Barlow Jacobs. We'll see you next week. I'm excited to have you on today. Uh, we we did get uh, get the chance to see Old Man and the Gun uh, last week over at Fox and absolutely loved it. Oh, awesome! Glad you liked it. Yeah, it's a great film. So now, before we dive too much into that, uh, you're you're, you're kind of new on, onto our radar here. And I've, I was going through your IMDb and everything. You've been in a lot of great a lot of great films, and and you're starting to kind of become that face that's just like, oh, it's it's him again. <laughs> and directors and and has really shaped me 
in a lot of different ways. So it's 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 a it's a gift whenever you get to work with that kind of talent. When was it that you uh, that you officially started acting? Uh, it's funny. I kind of I, I guess I, I really still don't even think of myself as an actor. Obviously, <laughs> I kind of fell into it after college. Like I, I was um, on a much different course. I was um, just working on screenplays and, and writing and uh, I had a book of short stories I was working on in college and then after college I fell in to a group of uh, directors who were just graduating from North Carolina School of the Arts, guys like or David Gordon Green, Jeff Nichols, Craig Zobel. Um, we kind of, I, I randomly, I'd seen George Washington and really responded to it and it reached out to David Green and I had a mutual friend and reached out to him just to say how much I admired it. And he, at the time, I was living in a, a trailer on the coast of South Carolina just working on a screenplay. And he happened to be coming down there to scout for Undertow. And we hung out for a couple, it was him and Craig Zobel, and we hung out for a, a couple of days and just hit it off, just drinking whiskey and ghost hunting and location scouting and and then we've been friends ever since and so david was the one when jeff was doing shotgun stories uh he had a actor who dropped out at the last minute and uh he'd reached out to david to see if he knew anybody who would be right for the role and at that point i started acting again i mean i'd grown up kind of doing it theater and stuff like that and david had seen something I'd been in and uh, like a short film or something and recommended me and that was it. That's kind of how I got into it. And then Shotgun Stories opened up uh, other opportunities for me. Like I acted in Great World of Sound and then after Great World of Sound, I recognized like, I was like, oh, like, I feel like Jeff and Craig are just so, I mean, they're really accomplished writers and directors, but they're also just very accomplished leaders and, and how to put together an uh, independent film. And so uh, especially Craig is, is amazing. I mean, Craig's worked at every level of production you can. And so kind of hanging out with him is just pure education of how to make a film uh, top to bottom. And so that kind of gave me the confidence to make my own feature, to put my own feature together. So in 2005, after Katrina, I was based in New Orleans at the time and I just like after Katrina I was kind of screaming I'd lost my house I'd, I'd lost two friends it was a pretty impactful I mean long story short it was a very impactful um, storm and for me and, and just moment in my life and so went back there to make a film to kind of explore that so I made a film called Lo and Behold that premiered at Sundance in 2007 which I, I wrote and produced and starred in and that opened up a lot of opportunities for me and it's just kind of been a gradual steady climb so yeah I, yeah i was noticing that was that was one of the first films that i recognized uh, having grown up in salt lake city sundance was always one of the one of the forefronts of our of our winter and so i, I recognized yeah, yeah, the name of that film immediately uh, when i was going through things so I, I don't recall seeing it at the time, but knowing that it, you know it's impactful, you know your story from from being you know you know and having to go through Hurricane Katrina, 
you know that that's definitely has to has to touch a lot of people rather you know whether they're still living in in louisiana or the refugees throughout the country so i i can imagine how that definitely helped snowball your career yeah no it was, it was awesome i mean it was like i just learned a lot i mean a lot about everything a lot about life making that film but like you do when you make any film uh but yeah that one in particular was just we we had an all our whole cast and, and crew outside of two actors uh, who had brought in were were locals and and that was very important to me and I think was just imperative to telling that story and I'm always indebted to the people who because it was still fresh I mean we were making it eight months after the storm so I mean it wasn't like I mean at some level people were just just starting to kind of wait like step out of that fog and kind of take stock and i feel everybody just made themselves so vulnerable and so open to to tell their stories and to be a part of that film and and i'm just indebted i mean the film wouldn't be what it is without that and just to see there and then even at the 10-year anniversary um sundance uh did a re-release of the film and and just to see that you know, it's screening again in New Orleans and a few other select places around the country, and seeing the response there was 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 really uh, touching and nice to see that it still resonates with people. Absolutely. So when that went to Sundance, I know Sundance, especially on a, on a young filmmaker, can be you know you know pretty in depth and and kind of overwhelming to a degree. I mean, being being your first Sundance experience with the first film that you're writing and directing and producing, do do you, do you have any any big moments from that that really stuck out that encouraged you to just continue pursuing your art? I think what was cool about that year was that like Craig's uh, Great World of Sound was there as well, and I, I acted in it, but I also worked on it too. Like uh, just and, and I'd written with Craig before too, and, and so. I think, like, him being there, us being there, like, uh, David Gordon Green had Snow Angels there. It was kind of this cool moment for me being a young filmmaker and seeing, like, your your peers also there. It just felt like there's this energy. And then to see kind of where everybody has gone from there, like, I feel like you kind of could... I mean, David was already obviously very established at that point uh, as a filmmaker, but... Uh, David also has just been such a, I mean, like, I owe so much to David, uh, and I think there's a lot of filmmakers can say that, like, just his generosity and, and putting other filmmakers in a position for them to, to make their work or, or to bring their vision to life. And so I think just to kind of be there with those guys in that moment was just really exciting for me to share that and to be part of something at a festival that, you know, I'd admired for so long and just him kind of your first film out of the gate to do that. I mean, I really recognized like how special that was. And so I think for me, it was always just trying to be present and in the moment, enjoy it. Yeah. That's what, that's one of those neat things too with, with Sundance. I mean, it's it's a community that there's always the people that you that you've worked with and that you know have helped get you there. But then it always just seems to be this this great community of of just everybody within the industry that it's like a big family reunion every year there. Yeah, it really is cool, and I know that they've been very intentional about 
cultivating that and like kind of that Sundance family. And so and then I've been really fortunate to to be a part of other projects that have been there. And so it's always it's always fun to go back and, and see you know, always meeting I think for me that just that year on the festival circuit, like I I met so many well, I mean, to bring it full circle, like I'm, I'm, that was the year 2007 is when I met David Lowry, like on the festival oh, wow. circuit, and 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 we kind of it was I think it was at Sarasota Film Festival, and he had a short there, and his producer James Johnson. I don't know if you've ever seen his producer James Johnson or David himself. They're pretty striking looking individuals, and they both had huge beards and shaved heads. I remember I just finished a screening uh, of of Lumble, and I was kind of walking out, and I just heard these two guys behind me go, "Hey, hey, man!" And I turn around, and there's David Lapp, or like I turn around, and see two skinheads basically when I was <laughs> registering with like huge beards, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm about to get the beat up here!" Um, and then they both had these big smiles and just told me how much they loved the film and introduced themselves. Like, I'm David Lowry, I'm James Johnson, like, we've got a short film here, and, like, we're absolutely, I mean, if you ever have the opportunity to meet them, like, you're never going to meet two sweeter, nicer guys. Um, and we've been friends ever since. Like, David and I kind of pretty immediately started talking about creative collaborations and writing together and uh, I acted in like a music video he did for David Wingo, and uh, then he his first feature came out, Saint Nick. Like he cast me in that, and then has just always, you know, he's always just been somebody. Even if we're not working together, somebody I'm always bouncing work off of, and I'm reading his stuff, and uh, he's just he's amazing. I mean, David uh, Lowry, I think you know as far as. My peer group is definitely one of those guys who I'll, I'll speak for myself, but I, I think other artists would say this too. Are definitely looking to to see like what's that guy up to, and I think what he's doing with storytelling and structure and and place and time is is really really exciting. And so, anytime I have the opportunity to work with him, like an old man, the gun, it's always a a, a treat because I feel like whenever I'm there, just the circle that he surrounds himself with it's just always a really inspiring environment and I know that David's working on something and it's something he like David doesn't work on things just to make them like David works on things because he feels like it's a story you just can't not tell and I don't think there's it's just a really refreshing attribute and, and a filmmaker and so to get to be a part of a project that he's making is always exciting yeah that and and it really does speak volumes, you know, to the fact too that he that he was gravitated towards your work. I, I know when uh, when we were first kind of pitched that hey, we've got some interviews circling the old man on the gun. Uh, my co-host, who unfortunately couldn't be here today, uh, he he immediately was like, "Oh, that's a David Lowry film. Like, we we, we have to jump on that immediately." And yeah, he 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 knew right away because he follows a lot of the work that David Lowry does. So it's interesting to hear hear you say that you know you've always kept your eye on that even whether you're working with them or not yeah totally and i feel like i mean if, if i have one superpower like it's just having a, a really good nose for talent and i think when you're in that independent space especially when you're you know predominantly most of the films i've acted in have been indies and you just have to have an ability to kind of know who 
because everybody talks a big game, but you have to be able to kind of suss out like who's who can actually execute the vision that, that, that they have. And, and David was always one of those guys where I was just like, this guy's in it to win it and, and has the ability to do something great. And so to see, and I mean, I was pretty immediately, I felt that way. And so to see what where he's gone and what he's done is just, is so exciting. I mean, just purely as an outsider's friend, it's exciting for me to see uh, what he's cultivated for himself and now the opportunities are coming his way. So did, did he approach you with the script for The Old Man and the Gun, or did you still kind of have to go through the audition process for it? No, he, he just approached me. Like, he, um, it was, I had a small role in uh, uh, a ghost story. So I was at Sundance for that film, another project that I was trying to get off the ground. Um, and he just had pulled me aside and said, hey, man, I wrote this role for you. I mean, I knew he was been working on Old Man and the Gun, but he just pulled aside and told me that he'd written something for me and that he wanted to send me the script, and if I was interested, um, it was mine. And so, I mean, David's one of those guys where it's, I mean, when, you know, there's certain directors, for me, at least on my list, where it's just like, and he's one of them, where he says he wrote something for you. You just are like, all right, I'm in. Tell me where to show up. Um, <laughs> And and that was the case. And so I think the big surprise for me was just I really don't have the opportunity to play uh, comedic roles. And, and so it was fun to get one where it was just kind of my sole, <laughs> felt like my sole purpose was just to bust uh, Casey's chops most of the movie. Um, and so, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I had more fun on that shoot than I think I've ever had on any, any shoot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seemed, just, just from watching the film, I mean, it seems like such a fun cast to be working with, aside, you know, from Casey Affleck, with Robert Redford, and Sissy Spacek, and, and Danny Glover. It, it's just such a fun cast, and everybody, I mean, oh, every bit of it was just so charming that you could tell everybody was having fun. Man, it's so true. And then Tom Waits, don't forget Tom Waits. Oh, yeah, and of course Tom Waits. Because, I mean, he's like... I'm beyond a super fan of, of yeah. Tom Waits, and he's had such an impact on me uh, in all the different mediums he's explored um, in his artistic life. And so to work, just to get to shake hands with that guy was just, for me, an absolute dream come true. But to be associated with the project, and I've known Sissy for years, too, and so I, it was fun to just even though we didn't have any scenes together, it was just fun to be in a project with her and get to see her there on set. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It is just, I think the, the thing about the movie is just a really, I don't know, it, it's a really sweet film. It's a really sentimental film without using sentimentality to achieve that sentiment. And I think that's like a real, such an achievement. I mean, I think there's a lot of sentimental films out there but people use sentimentality to achieve it and I think that sentimentality is kind of the death of art and, and just but yet a sentimental film is, is a beautiful thing when it's when it's really earned and I, I feel like David was able to to pull, pull that off and, I, and I, I just I was really just in watching the final product was just really really impressed by that 
Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right, especially when it comes down to the sentimental aspect of it is the entire time you're watching Robert Redford's character and he, he, even though he's he's kind of a bad guy at the same time, you're, you're rooting for him because you want to see his relationship work out and you, you don't want to see him get caught. And, and even just the little, the jabs that he's giving Casey's characters, he sees him in the bathroom and, you know, goes up and asks him if, he, if, if they think they got the right guy, if they think they're on the right track. It's 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 just so sweet and endearing in every one of those moments without winking at the camera or anything that, you know, oh, yeah, we're trying to be sentimental or we're giving you that Oscar tear moment or anything like that. But it's still it lets you empathize with every single character in the film. Right. It was amazing. It's kind of Altman. I mean, I wouldn't say full Altman, but a little bit Altman-esque because like, there's so many different characters and so many different storylines and I, that was another achievement I was really impressed by because I remember when I read the script I was just thinking like man there's a lot of different stories going on here and just being like wondering how they was going to kind of balance that and and I felt like he did such a wonderful job of kind of telling giving everybody their due and and telling that story and yeah it was just it was great I mean I really I mean I'm a nice I, I, I said I'm not that nice a guy, so if, if, I, if I didn't think it was great, I'd be being honest with you, but <laughs> it was just, it was, it was a real treat of a film. When, when you guys went into it, did you, did you have any inkling that it was potentially going to be Redford's last film? I, I'd heard, I mean, I'd heard rumors that, like, that, that his might be his last film, but I always feel like, especially, it feels like we live in a, an age now where, that seems to be a common statement, and, and then and then you'll see something will pop up. Or I'd like to think that it's not going to be his last film. Um, that he, you know, that there's something else. There'll be some other story. Could, just because I think it would it would have to be something really significant uh, for him to to act again and to to do something again. And so that would be a good sign if there's something that he felt so compelled that he would. Uh, step out and do another film that'd be really exciting yeah and i and i did see some reports pop up just a few days ago that he, he may have spoken a little a little hastily on that it may not be his last but uh, yeah as for now you know that that's uh, even as i drove past fox the other day i noticed that's on one of the posters advertising it is that it was was his last so i mean we'll, we'll see if it is i mean if if it is it's uh, it's a hell of a way to go out because e even at his age at this point watching through it and i couldn't help but just think to myself he's just so goddamn charming it's almost frustrating <laughs> and he's, and he's that way in i mean that was the thing that was blown away to me is just that like even at this age he still has he's kind of always had that it quality to him since the beginning of his career and just this kind of charisma that just oozes out of him and, and just to see him even in the twilight of his career that he still has that that, that twinkle in his eye is is, is, is pretty great. So uh, to just yeah, just to be around somebody like that who's been such a giant of cinema, but also such a patron of independent cinema uh, throughout his career, it is it's pretty great. Yeah, absolutely. So now you've spent so much time on sets with you know, some of the greatest people in the history of cinema, aside from Robert Redford and, and Casey Affleck. I mean, you, you were in the master with, with Joaquin Phoenix and, uh, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. So like you said, you know, you spent time in, in, on uh, a ghost story. 
with all of these great actors, I know you've also spent time with Michael Shannon uh, on a film. What 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 has been the greatest lesson that you've learned working with you know some of these just insane talents? Yeah, I'll tell you, like, what is, is something I learned on for I learned uh, like Mike Shannon is is I mean all, all those names of the actors you listed are were all amazing and were great to work with. I mean, being on the master like my first day and walking out on the porch and. Now, even like I mean, most of my stuff ended up on the cutting room floor, but I was there for three weeks. So it was such a gift of an experience. But like to walk out on that front porch and you have Amy Adams, Phil, Joaquin, um, Laura Dern. I mean, it was just, it was insane. I mean, it was just there. And then you have Paul Thomas Anderson, you know, is just, you know, a master. And it's that was a horrible pun, but uh, considering the project, <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just somebody who's you know, in my opinion, is really the bar setter for American cinema, and and you just like, and it's just the observation of, of how they everybody works. But I think probably the best advice that I've taken away was from Mike Shannon, who's you know a phenomenal talent, but also an incredibly generous actor. And I was so, 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 so green when I stepped on that set. And it was just someone who didn't treat me that way and just treated me as a equal and as a peer. But he said something to me, and I'll never forget it. It was just, you know, whenever you work on, on any film, but especially an independent film, there's always some sort of drama going on. And, and he just... He just came up to me and there's something I can't even remember specifically what it was, but something was there. And there, it's very easy to get sucked into that at, at, at any level, whether you're a crew member, whether you're a cast member. And he just came up. I remember something was happening. He just said, "Just walk away," because I was I was engaging with it. And he just kind of came up and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, "Just walk away, man." He goes, "Just walk away and come back when they call you." And and it was really, I mean, it's just simple, but it's such a brilliant thing because it's just not your job as an actor to figure out problems or figure out how something is. Your job is just to perform. And that's an incredibly difficult job to do and to do it authentically. And so you need to always just kind of step away and separate yourself that so that you can kind of do what you're there to do, which is, is to be that character and to serve that character and to serve the project as a whole. And so I think that was something that always, this voice always rings to me when I'm on, on set and something's happening to just, I don't need to engage with it. I can just walk away, get ready, and then wait for somebody to call me, and then I come in and do my job. Awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that's a fantastic lesson to learn. I think any, any of our listeners that are young actors, that's a great piece of advice uh, for them to apply as well. Yeah. So I appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to talk with me today. So I'm excited for a lot of people to get out there and see the old man and the gun. Uh, it was we, 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 we didn't know what to expect going into it. We, we had very little information. We had seen like one trailer, but we were on board immediately going in and, and absolutely yeah. loved the film. It was a lot of fun. Everybody's performances are just excellent. And I hope everybody gets out there and sees it. Yeah, me too. Thanks so much for making the time and, and thanks for what you're doing and, and good luck. Yeah, not 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 a problem at all. And, and and are you on social media for anybody to follow you? I'm I, I I'm very sparing on my social media, but I do <laughs> like my favorite form of social media is Instagram. I'm just Bar, uh, at Barlow Jacobs. 
Excellent. So we'll, we'll make sure we have those links on the site for anybody uh, to follow you on there. So thank you again for your time, Barlow. Thanks, you too, and you have a great day. You too. We'll see you.